Let us pray. Lord, speak to us, for we are gathered to hear from you. As we listen to your word, grant us the grace to respond to the truth of your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a local preacher in my previous circuit once told the story of a pastor who fell out with his small congregation over the position of the clock in the church. He wanted the clock to be at the back of the church, but the congregation wanted the clock to be at the front. And he asked them why, and they say so they can keep their eyes on the clock as he is preaching. So they fell out, and they couldn't resolve their differences. So he came back for his final sermon. For that one, he preached from John chapter 14, and the title of his message. But just before he came back to preach, he managed to find himself a job, and he got a job as a prison chaplain. And so when he came back to preach, he preached on John chapter 14, and the title of his message was, I am going to prepare a place for all of you. We're not quite sure whether that was in prison or in heaven, but he was going to prepare a place for all of them. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the letter that others just read for us so beautifully, the letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul who wrote is had fallen out with some people, and they've thrown him in jail, all because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As he awaits his time to appear in court in Rome, he wrote this beautiful letter to his friends in Ephesus, telling them to stand firm for the Lord, to stand strong for the Lord. I encourage you when you go home this afternoon after eating your lunch, get the fan on and read Acts chapter 19 from verse 1 to 20. Because that passage tells us or gives us the narrative of how Paul came in contact with the believers in Ephesus. Luke told us in Acts chapter 19 that on his way from Corinth, Paul arrived in Ephesus. And when he got there, he found some believers. And he asked them if they received the Holy Spirit when they accepted Jesus Christ. And I love their answer. Straight-talking church. They said, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We've not even heard of the Holy Spirit. So Paul decided to stay with them, to teach them, to encourage them, to help them on their journey of faith. Ephesus, which is now in modern-day Turkey, at the time when Paul was writing, was a cosmopolitan city, a community that was wealthy. It was a luxurious city, but also it was a place that has a lot of superstitious I believe magical powers and demonic powers were operating in that realm. It was a very superstitious place. It was scary for the people there. The people were aware of these dark forces around them. They were aware that things were going on and they were genuinely afraid of these evil powers. And so when the gospel of Jesus Christ started making an impact on the lives of the people there, there was a radical shift from fear to confidence. If you go home and read Acts chapter 19, 
Luke told us in verse 19 that a number of the people who practice sorcery, the number of the people who practice what we call in Africa juju, those of you who have been to Africa or have come from Africa, do you know about juju? Don't be ashamed now. We know about juju, black magic. A lot of the people who played with that power, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 19, if you read it, eventually converted to Jesus Christ and to Christianity, and they brought their jujus, they brought their books, they brought their charms, they brought it all together, and they burnt them all up right in public in total surrender to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What a wonderful demonstration of the power of the gospel of Jesus. People in Ephesus notice there's something radical has happened to these people. There is a transformation in their lives. Yes, they surrender themselves to a higher power. The transformative power of the gospel of Jesus Christ was at work in their lives. But that was just the beginning of their journey. It was only the beginning. They've turned themselves over to Jesus Christ, but now they had to fight to fight so that they are able to stand against the very powers, the very juju and evil powers that were around in Ephesus so that they will live their lives victoriously for Jesus Christ. Friends, the same is true for everyone who makes that transition from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We are up against the scheme of the devil. We are up against the scheme of the evil one. Since the devil could not prevent you from becoming a child of God, he is not going to rest. But until he brings you down so you are not able to live as a victorious child of God. He's committed to preventing us from living a victorious life in Jesus Christ. And so this was why from his prison cell in Rome, Paul wrote in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6, as he concludes this beautiful letter that he crafted to these people, talking about all sorts. He's coming to the end of the letter. And so in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6, as he concludes, he said these words, Finally, I love that whenever I'm reading a letter. When I'm reading an email, I know first of all it's coming to an end. If it's been a long sermon. But I'm saying finally now, but I'm still in the middle. But Paul said to them, finally, my brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord. The clue is in the text. Our place of immeasurable strength, our place of matchless security it's not in our worldly possession. It's not in our worldly powers. It's not in our influence. It's not in all the things of the world that we possess. Rather, it is about our position. It is about our location in the kingdom of God. Paul said, stand strong where? In the Lord. I am in the Lord. That's the place of immeasurable strength and matchless security. To have this full protection against the schemes of the evil one, you and I must seek to be in the Lord. Not just on Sundays when we're all gathered here as Christian brothers and sisters. It's easy to be a Christian on Sunday when we're all here. It's very easy. It's easy to be a Christian when we all gather on Wednesdays. But Paul says we must be in the Lord at all times. 
in those dark alleys of temptation, in those dark valleys of places where no one is watching, where no one is there, and you are tempted to do the things that God has asked you not to do, and you stand up for Jesus there, that's what Paul is talking about, standing firm at all times. We are to seek to develop intimacy with God to be able to live victorious Christian lives. Well, you know, we put ourselves always in danger or arms way, or we risk our lives when we leave uh, the herd, uh, when we stray away from God. For those of you who know me during my day off, or when I'm in my time of relaxing, I watch a lot of wildlife TV. I watch all the animals, what they are doing. Uh, and you see, the strategy of the devil is like a pride of lions who are hunting down their prey. If you watch wildlife TV, when they're about to do that, they don't target all the buffaloes. You know what they do? They target one. They look for one of the buffaloes and get that one to be away from the herd. And once they get that one away from the herd, and then they're able to bring that buffalo down. The devil's strategy is the same. His aim is to tempt us to stray away from God and away from the community of believers. And once we do that, he's able to bring us down. And so here Paul is exhorting us to be strong. Knowing that in our own might and in our own strength, we are no match for the devil. We can only overcome the devil when we are in Jesus Christ, when we abide in him. Today is conference Sunday, as Tony mentioned, and as Ali rightly fully prayed for the conference. The Methodist people are meeting currently in Birmingham in 1744, when it first met to confer, to confer together. John Wesley had three main agenda points, according to the history books. Number one, they were looking at what to teach as Methodists. Number two, how to teach it as Methodists. And number three, how to regulate our doctrines, how to regulate our discipline and our practice. And since 1744, it has continued to meet as a conference every year to ensure that we, the Methodist people, remain connected as a connection to Jesus Christ, the true vine, because it is only in him that we will be a fruit-bearing denomination. Apart from him, we will what? Die. Just as we read in that passage in the gospel there, a branch that is not connected to the main vine is only one destination, fire and death. And that is why we ought to pray for divine guidance for the conference representatives, that they are aligned and attuned to the voice of God. Because Jesus said, without him, we can do nothing. Therefore, he instructs us in John chapter 15 that we are to abide in him. As a church here at Methodist Central Hall, Westminster, abide in him. As a congregation and as a denomination, we are to abide in him. We are to fix our focus and our attention on him. That is the only way we will flourish together as a people, as a community, as the body of Christ. It is only when we abide in him, in Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter instructs us to be sober, 
He instructs us to be vigilant. And he instructed us to be connected. Because our adversary, the devil, the evil one, the unseen powers and forces around, is roaring like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And that is why Paul went on to say in our epistle reading that we are to have our protective gears to, to that because of that, because we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are not fighting against one another. You're not fighting against that person that is sat next to you. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. Our fight is not against that difficult boss that you are dealing with at work. Our fight is not against that annoying neighbor that you have got there. Our fight is not against your brothers and sisters in the church. We are one. We have one goal. We are like a massive team playing one football, and our goal is to put that ball in the net. So if we start attacking one another, what will happen? We will not achieve our goal. And so our fight is not against one another. But Paul says our fight is against principalities and powers. The evil one, all kinds of evil. This kind of evil power, for us to stand up against them, we need specialized kind of protective gear. The COVID-19 inquiry is currently ongoing for those of you who watch the television. And I am reminded that to fight against COVID-19, we all had to have our face mask on. To protect myself as I ride my bicycle to and from work every day, I put on my head helmet. To protect our police officers on operation, they put on their full body armor. And now Paul says here, to protect you as a Christian, to protect me as a Christian, we have to have the full armor of God. Using a well-known imagery of a body armor of a Roman soldier, he said, we must have the belt of truth wrapped around us tightly the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that is no other. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. We are to put on the breastplate of righteousness, wanting to do what is right according to the standards of the word of God. We are to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. But most importantly, we are to carry the sword of the Spirit, not just in this form but in our hearts which is the Word of God. We are to study it. We are to apply it. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by the evil one, some of you here might say, well, I don't believe in evil spirits. I don't believe in all those things. But if you read the Bible, even Jesus was tempted by the evil one. But you see how he managed to overcome the evil one? He turned around to the devil and said, it is written. So whoever discourages you from reading this Bible... It's helping you to become a very weak Christian. This is the word of God that the devil is scared of. So we must read it and learn to apply it and say, it is written. We need to be able to say it is written when the devil comes to tempt us. But wearing our full armor, we are not only protected, but we are also empowered to proclaim this word. To proclaim the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. All these protections are needed because our struggle, as I say, is not against one another. Don't let the devil make it a fight between you and your brother. Don't let the evil powers around make it a fight between another Christian, another Christian, and denominations and denominations. But no, our fight is against principalities and powers according to Ephesians. And we need all this protection. 
but against spiritual wickedness in high places that we fight. These were the superstitious evil powers the Ephesians were wrestling with. Friends, there are all kinds of superstitious evil powers in our world and in our society that we need to challenge. A few days ago, we saw how hundreds of people perished on the coast of Greece. Among them was someone's brother, someone's sisters, someone's mom, someone's dad, someone's auntie, uncle, someone's grandma, and someone's granddad. To traffic human beings and exploit the vulnerable in this way is a kind of spiritual wickedness in high places. With our spiritual armor in place, uh, let us be bold and be fearless to tackle these demonic acts in our society. Let us work together to dismantle injustice, work together to dismantle inequality in our communities, corruption and greed in our society. It is time for us to be bold. It is time for us to be courageous, to stand up to these demonic actions that have wrecked so many societies and communities. But how do we do this? Some of you will be asking there. Lansford, you've gone on and on, but how do we do this? Tell us. Well, I have an answer for you according to what Paul recommends. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, he recommends prayer. Prayer. Prayer is the key that unlocks the unlimited resources that we need for this kind of spiritual combat. This afternoon, we have the call to prayer in the chapel. It is from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock. It's an opportunity for us, the Methodist people, to come together to pray. It would be a good thing to see a chapel full of people ready to pray for the Methodist conference, ready to pray for the Methodist people, ready to pray for this church, ready to pray for our own individual needs. We pray to a prayer answering God who said in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, I quote, that if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and seek my face and turn away from their wickedness, then I will hear from heaven. Is a prayer answering God because he hears us when we pray. I want to challenge you this afternoon to come and pray to a God who promises us according to his word that when we call upon him, he will hear us, but not just hear us. He says, I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. If we are going to be victorious, brothers and sisters, it will take prayer. It will mean praying fervently to a God with whom we have a relationship. And so as I conclude... Let me encourage you that if you haven't entered a relationship, a trusting relationship with God, today is a brilliant opportunity, a brilliant opportunity to turn our lives to God and believe in the risen Christ, to receive him in our heart and start that journey of faith. It is only when our relationship with God is set aright that the person can experience true inner peace and true spiritual security that the scheme of the devil cannot touch. And so as we navigate the journey of faith this week, let us remember that standing firm in the Lord is not a one-off act of piety, but a daily commitment to Christ. It is a choice we make. 
regardless of the circumstance that surrounds us. By establishing our foundation in Christ, by trusting in his promises and equipping ourselves with the full armor of God, you and I can stand firm in the face of adversity and in the face of challenges. May we be a community of believers who encourages one another to stand strong in the Lord at all times. And so in the storms of life, and when the strong tides lifts and the cables strain and our anchor will stand firmly remain because we are rooted in Christ Jesus. Amen.